Welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. You guys already know what the deal is. Like us on Facebook, share our content, give us high ratings on Apple Podcasts. Do that on uh, YouTube. You can check out the Centered Podcast. That is uh, three episodes up on that already. Interviews with Jordan Morgan, Arthur Ray, and uh, Kenny Goins, who was the hero in State's Final Four run, most recently, uh, 2019. Lots of stuff to get to today. Lots of stuff to break down. Breaking news out of Ann Arbor, Coastal Carolina. Point guard Devontae Jones is transferring to play for Juwan Howard and the Wolverines. I know Jeremy's pretty excited about that, so that's how we're going to kick this thing off. Uh, I'm excited because we have a guy who is a veteran point guard. I, I'm not. I want Michigan fans to know that. Don't be surprised if it's a little bit like the Mike Smith situation, where he doesn't come in and just take over the game. I think he's stronger though. Six one, two hundred pounds, very aggressive, getting to the basket. A uh, very good pl- uh, passer. I like his playmaking ability. But he was the Sun Belt Player of the Year. I think that conference is very weak, in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, the kid can play. He's a guy that's been around. He's older. It's always nice to have those older guys that have played a few years in college. So I, I think he'll do a really good job. Yeah, we saw how pivotal those older guys were in uh, Michigan's tournament run. You know, Shondi Brown just coming up big over the last couple of uh, – U of M victories to get to the Elite Eight. And, I mean, <laughs> you know this as well as anybody, Jeremy. You need a point guard. <laughs> you need a point guard. They got one right now. It's going to be interesting to see it. Him and Walker can kind of, uh, you know, pick up this rivalry a little bit in regard to, you know, you got two transfers coming in. And, uh, obviously, uh, they don't know too much about it, but you've had uh, the headliners like Simpson and Winston, you know, going head to head for four years until uh, the last season. They just threw whoever they could out there. Winston uh, had a really good year for the Wolverine. Uh, the big news, though, it's coming out of, well, a uh, vicinity that Jeremy lives in, that is. Planning area, Moni Bates decommitted to Michigan State. Kind of, I kind of had full on angry Mel Kiper type. Um, I, <laughs> this is a big loss, and Anthony, we'll get uh, your thoughts on that first. I mean, obviously, guys, and first and foremost, it's it's good to hear from both of you, and thanks for having me back on. Um, you know, at, at the same time, it's one of those, it's one of those deals where it's a punch in the gut, but at the same time, you kind of recover from it pretty quick because, you know, I, I think, I think everybody kind of knew that the possibility of Amani Bates being in East Lansing, even in the fall or even next year, were very, very slim. Um, obviously it was a dream of everybody's, including mine, but you know, the fact that he decommitted, I mean, is really not all of a surprise to me and all, and in all honesty, he's probably going to be pro bound. I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there right now that he may go overseas, you know, this year, go the, go the LaMelo ball route, just get away from, get out of the States for a little bit, get away from the media and just go play against better competition and get paid. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different things out there. So, 
you know, I know Texas offered him yesterday and, you know, Jeff Goodman was saying how there's mutual interest between the two sides, but I don't, I don't see, I don't see him playing college at this point. And I, I'd be super shocked if he does. Um, but I, I think in my opinion, I see him going to the overseas route, going to the, going the Lamella ball route, play overseas for a couple of years and they get drafted in 2023. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of right there with you because, I know he said he's reopening his recruitment, and I'm sure he's interested because he's a 16-year-old kid uh, who get all of this love, all of this fanfare that you see a lot of these kids get, you know, with just, oh, Duke off in North Carolina. Michigan State was the only dog in the fight. And so uh, I feel like the fact that he's willing to decommit from the only program that did show him love I think that that is indicative that, you know, maybe he does want to see what these scholarship offers look like in regards to the mutual interest that you talked about. But I think that. Yeah, I'm stuck at the train tracks, guys. The Amani Bates train is headed overseas. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Pappy Bates. Look, I'm sorry for interrupting, but that, that horn had to make me jump in, Tyler. Look, I'm disappointed. I told Anthony this off air. I thought this was great for our state. And I just thought that, you know, it was really going to pump things up for both sides. It would have had kids excited to play at Michigan to go against Imani Bates. It would have, it would have been something our state needed. I, I think that, look, I, I'm not going to be nice about this. I've, I've done my best to keep it to, you know, as minimal dis, disdain as possible. It's probably a bad word to say, but I don't like the situation that that whole Bates situation is. I don't like it. I think Imani Bates has to get a lot better. And I will say what Anthony said, I think the kid needs to go overseas. I think he needs to get out of here and he can learn to just not be in the limelight and just get better. Because what I've seen this year, guys, I've seen a player that has a lot of flaws. And I think he's an incredible scorer. I think he's an incredibly offensive player. I think he doesn't care about defense at all. And that's not going to work at Michigan State. And I'm just going to say it. I said this to Tyler Anthony. I think this is going to be a blessing in disguise for you guys because I think that now you can just put your head down, put your heart on. You don't have to worry about having a primetime kid who's the next great thing. And this could be the program that Michigan State is and always will be and has been, by the way, wildly successful well before they had a number one recruit. So you don't need it. You don't need it. And, and you said a good thing, Anthony. Like, it's a gut punch, but then you're like, eh, I recover. That's where Michigan State should be right now. Uh, and I, I agree with you, Jeremy, because, you know, and, and you think about it, too. Think about all the media coverage and everything that was said about him last weekend, because he he took a lot of criticism last weekend, too, because, you know, not only did he underperform in a big time tournament last weekend against really good players, but Bates fundamentals got absolutely destroyed by those by those competitions they were playing last weekend in Indianapolis. And I and maybe maybe that kind of opened eyes a little bit. Like, huh, okay, you know, he has flaws, he has weaknesses. He needs to get, he needs to, you know, gain more strength. Like, he needs to do this, do that. And a lot of people are starting to see it now. So, so part of me was wondering whether the criticism that was taken over the weekend by both him and his dad, I wonder if that was kind of like, you know what. You know, we don't need this right now. Maybe maybe the overseas option is the best thing that we're going to do. So, and, and I also agree with you too, Jeremy, about how 
you know, maybe this is a blessing uh, in disguise for Michigan State because, you know, everything when it comes to our program, you know, it's all about family and it's all about chemistry and camaraderie. You know, how would all the attention on him be in the locker room? You know, so I'm so I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for the for the future that is Michigan State basketball because we got a we still got a really good recruiting class coming in. We got a mm-hmm. really good transfer coming in in Tyson Walker. And we still got two we still got two scholarships out there that, you know, Tom Izzo could easily use on transfers that, that haven't committed yet. So it it'll be interesting, but at the same time, you know, like we talked about, it's I'm not I'm not gonna sit over here and, and cry over, you know, losing a big time recruit because again, this big time recruit's probably not even gonna play in college. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm starting to like slowly kind of see that. I mean, all of his flaws, his weaknesses as far as lack of defense, the fact that I could probably bench press him and I haven't bench pressed since I was in college. <laughs> um, those types of things, like, I I mean, I saw all of that, but I was willing to live with that because I knew the type of scorer that he was, and I knew that with his height, you know, in his length, you know, it takes away a lot of passing lanes defensively. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to try all that hard. Obviously, you would go play for Izzo, or he's going to yank you. You can ask Nick Ward that question. You can ask Rocket Watts that question. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like you can definitely ask Gabe Brown that question, too, if you want to, because we saw what happened in the tournament. But I feel like that he, for all of those flaws, I, I feel like with his length, it would have been an easier transition for him. You know, he could have made up a lot of his, uh, you know, steps that he learned how to play defense, especially learning in the Tom Izzo system. But that being said, I, I'm right there with you guys as far as what those weaknesses were. Um, Anthony, you said something about the recruiting class that is coming in. Max Christie is now the highlight reel. He, he is guy that everybody's going to be talking about. Um, last year, Aaron Henry had the ability to take over games. You know, for two years before that, Cassius Winston had that ability. You know, Miles Bridges had that ability to take over games. Drew Neitzel, Kalen Lucas, you can go on and on. Michigan State's always had that one guy, Alan Anderson, who could step up and just be like, all right, guys, the show's mine. And th- this is my biggest concern. I texted you this last night when this kind of broke was who takes that shot now? Right. Who takes that shot in those close games? And in all all honesty, you know, it's probably got to be Tyson Walker at this point. Now, unless they get, unless they get another, unless they get another combo guard or a wing shooter out of the portal, which could very well happen. But um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, but again, you know, if you, if you go to Cassius Winston's junior year, it was kind of the same question, you know. Who hey, you guys roll without me for a minute. I'm on. I'm doing my travels, so give me five minutes. Just letting you know. Continue, Mr. Annie. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> you good, Jeremy? But, this um, is a, this is about his ability to stick with a program or whatever. It's about as efficient as Moni Bates. <laughs> but you know, as I was saying, you know, if you look at Cassius's junior year. You know, there, there was, there was, there was that same question, Tyler. Like, who, who was going to be the, the star of the team? Who was going to be the guy? Who was going to be the clutch guy in, in, in clutch situations? And so, one Plankford went down. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and obviously, you know, it, it turned out pretty well. And I, think, yeah. and I think for us, you know, for Michigan State this year, 
I mean, obviously, I think the number one thing right now is to make sure that the point guard, we got to if make sure that we have a good point guard who can run the show. And if Tyson Walker could do that, then the rest is going to fall into place. So, but in my, in my opinion, I don't, and this is just my opinion. I don't know anything. I have not heard anything, but I don't think Michigan state is done with the portal just yet. Um, you know, it's too it's too quiet in all honesty, Tyler, for, for us to be like, Oh, we have two scholarships and we're done. Now I I really do feel like that. We're going to at least get one more guy in here, in my opinion. And I, and I, and I hope, you know, we get, we bring in another shooter. Cause like you said, you know, that's probably the one thing we need right now is another shooter. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe Chris is able to shoulder that load right away. We're not 100% sure he is the number one shooting guard in the class. Uh, still six, 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 seven. Um, he's like, maybe he's willing to like step into that role. Like Miles Bridges did as freshman, just say, you know what? I got this. And so it's, I, I mean, I guess that's ultimately where my intrigue is because we are, we already know what the starting lineup's going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's going to be, as of right now, anyways, it's Bingham Hall, uh, Walker, Christie, and Gay Brown. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, it's a good starting lineup. I like it. Um, I, think, I think in the long run, this Bates thing – I, I feel like it's better for Michigan State in the long run because Tyson Walker's going to be there a couple years. Max Christie, you heard his high school coach say he could be a four-year player, and that's not like discrediting him saying he's not going to be able to develop. He's one of those guys who just wants to play college basketball. Right, exactly. And, and exactly. then Pierre Brooks is that, you know, blue collar type guy who's going to go get it, kind of like the opposite of what Amoni Bates is. And, uh, you know, Gabe Brown, look, we've been waiting for him to break through for a while. I've said that he's probably Michigan State's best pro prospect because of his ability to shoot, because of his length. And he's got this incredibly underrated athleticism. And so you have these guys who can still make a pretty good team. Can they win the Big Ten? I mean, maybe. Look, Illinois is losing a lot. Michigan's losing a lot. Uh, Wisconsin, all of their guys are getting their AARP cards. And <laughs> so you have you have an opening. Iowa, uh, I know Bohannon's coming back for his 20th season, but they lost pretty much everybody else. And so I think that this is an opportunity like Michigan State has to develop these guys being in the Big Ten. You're still going to be able to at least secure a tournament spot. You should be able to anyways. And then on top of that, you get all of these guys for at least two or three years. And I think the other thing is too, Tyler, and don't don't forget about Purdue. Purdue's got everybody coming back. You know, I – I think Tavion Williams will come back. I, I don't see him going to the league. You know, he'll he'll test the waters, obviously, but then I think he'll come back. Um, and, and Purdue will be the favorite. And then Maryland, don't 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 sleep on Maryland either, because you know they they got some really good players, you know, coming in um, from the portal and coming back as well. Um, but the other thing is too is that the, the, what 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 this Michigan State team is going to get um, from you know, from this year is that they're actually going to get a chance 
to work in the off season. They're actually going to have off season workouts. They're going to get in the weight room. Like they're going to be able to. Joey Hauser's going to get in the weight room. (laughs) Everybody's going to get in the weight room. And so, and, and, you know, Mati Sissoko, Mati's going to be able to work on his game and be able to, you know, work on, you know, the little things, the little things that he wasn't able to do last, last off season because we didn't have one. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, what kind of development that these guys can have in the offseason. And it's going to be important, too. And, you know, if if our guys and our freshmen come freshmen can develop quickly right away, it should be a fun year. It should be a fun season. Yes, yeah, who's back? Back again. <laughs> Jeremy's back. Tell your friends. Oh, hey, I just want to say something real quick. Uh, I'm not jumping up and down because of the transfer portal. I know Tyler thinks I'm all giddy. I'm not. Um, am I, never I said that. Having, a, <laughs> having a guilty pleasure a little bit that Michigan yeah. lost a player and we added one? Maybe a I little. I did say that, yeah. Yes. But here's the thing that I, Anthony and I, we talked a lot off air. So have you and I, Tyler. And the Bates thing I thought was a problem from day one. I told Tyler this, Anthony, but yep. day one, I, this is not going to work. This is not going to work if he goes there. I think this is a great thing for Michigan State because I think if he goes there, Anthony and Tyler, and he and he turns out to be what I think he really is, you know who gets all the blame? Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And and I don't that's gonna that's not fair because this kid's everybody's gotta get better, right? I mean he's young, he's not gonna be the next LeBron James. He's not LeBron James. I mean, I'm getting really tired of all these comparisons and all this hype and this media frenzy because this kid is not even KD. And Anthony, you know, you played against some really good players. And you and you look at it, what do you think when you watch Imani Bates right now? Like, what's, what's your initial thought? Are you blown away or you think, yeah, hey, he's a really good player? No, I, I was more blown away by Chet Holgram. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. Because, because that, that's a seven-foot – granted, Chet Holmgren may be only, you know, a buck a buck 92 or a buck 75, whatever he is, his weight. But, you know, Chet Holmgren can do it all. And he didn't just he didn't just beat Imani Bates. He embarrassed him. Yeah. And yeah. so so again, I was more impressed with Chad Holmgren. And and if the other thing is too, and I was talking about this last night with another buddy of mine. If you um and, you, and Jay, you may have to remind me who who is the um who's the number two player in Imani Bates's class? Um, I thought. Gosh, that's a great one. Oh, you're you're crushing me today, Anthony. Um, they, I, I, he's outplayed him though. I know that. Yeah, perfect. they played. They played last weekend. Yeah. He's, he's outplayed. There's multiple kids. Like, here's the thing that I've been learning from being around a little bit. And, and by the way, this is what I'll tell you all you need to know about Imani in that situation. There's people, and I know there's haters out there. I mean, people like to talk bad about people. But there's people in that circle that are close to him and them and say, this kid's got a lot of things he's got to fix. And, and they're not even, like, hating on him, saying they go, I really am – like, they're scared, Anthony. Like, they're scared that this kid could go south real fast. Yep. And it has nothing to do with, you know, look, I've been in trouble before. I've made a lot of mistakes in life, and I get it. And, you know, I've done some great things. And I know one thing is for sure. It, when you do good things, you're going to get some criticism, and that's normal. Yep. And, and I don't know if he can handle it, Anthony. I don't know if he can handle the negative talk. I mean, look at his dad. One guy wrote an article that wasn't even that bad. It was just saying, you know, he kind of got outperformed. Imani's dad went bonkers. He went mm-hmm. bonkers. But it was the truth. The kid got outplayed. What are you going to do 
And this has happened, guys, four or five times. What are you going to do when Tom Izzo tells you, get your belief back on defense? Right. And it ain't going to change. He ain't going to change for nobody. No. And Jalen Duran is the number two player yes. in that, in that yeah. class. And, and I'll tell you what, like, I, I, watched, I watched a little bit of the highlights from that game last weekend. Jalen Duran is a man amongst boys. Like, he is – he's built like a middle linebacker. I was like, is this kid even high school? Like, but I'll tell you what, if Jalen Duran keeps playing the way he's playing, he may pass Imani Bates. And then, 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 then people are going to lose their mind after that. Then, then, oh, yeah. then the criticism will come out even more. So, so again, it's like, it's like we talked about earlier, guys. The overseas route may not be a bad idea. Dude, yeah. just, just get away from everything. Get away from the media. That, and, and that's the one thing I give LaMelo Ball credit. He got out of Dodge, man. And then he ended up being a top three pick in the NBA draft because of his years against better competition than in high school. And Monty yeah. Bates can go to Ipsy Rec League if all I care. Like, <laughs> bottom line for me, like, I, I'm just, you know, I know I'm a weird Michigan fan. Like, I, I'm, I'm disappointed, guys. You know how I feel about this, Tyler. Like, <laughs> I wanted Michigan to beat you guys with him and I thought it would be great to be a rivalry but here's the deal the, the last thing I want to say about this whole thing I think again this would have made Michigan State the bad guy which would have been absolute BS yeah because state could have been the reason why this kid became better and this is a dropping of the ball of that family and whoever that team, it's not just the dad and the it's everybody talking to him, everybody involved with them, you know, and whoever can find me that jerk off writer. Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, you know, the flip flopper, Brandon, what I'm not even going to say his last name. I don't want to get in trouble. What a joke. And he started this whole nightmare where he started saying all this stuff about Imani going pro. He probably won't go to state complete BS article. And that's why I get so mad about this state. Because that kid needed Tom Izzo, Tyler. Mm-hmm. He need Anthony. He needed Tom Izzo. He needed Dwayne Stevens. He needed Mike Garland. And here we are, another kid that from our state should be at Michigan State right now. He should be. And I and I agree with you. I agree with you, Jeremy. Because it's like, I think I texted you this, and I think I texted Tyler this last weekend after the criticism came out from. You know the post tournament Amani Bates had. Yeah, I I told both of you. I said Amani Bates needs Michigan State more than Michigan State needs him. Yeah, because he he need he needs he needs that tough love. He needs to get in the weight room. He needs to work with the right coaches. He needs to work with the right people who are in who are in basketball. You know, I'm not I'm not saying like his dad is not a basketball guy. I'm not saying that. But if you look at the experience that Dwayne Stevens has had, that Mike Garland has had, I mean, hell, even even Doug, even Doug Wojcic, like the experience that all of them have had, Tom Izzo included. I mean, you combine those years of experience and the and the connections and the people they know, they would have taken Amani Bates not only straight to the top, but it could have been a complete 180 from a maturity standpoint, from a player standpoint. And just, in my opinion, even from a brand standpoint, because now you're going to have folks out there, you know, that are going to look at this and go, okay, if he can't handle criticism, how's he going to handle it when a GM comes up to him in the NBA and criticizes him for his game? How's he going to handle it at the, at the higher level? So, so again, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what, what the future holds for him. But I mean, like we've said, like the, like the three of us have said at the end of the day, you know, 
it, it is what it is. Is it a disappointment for the state of Michigan? Like Jeremy said, absolutely it is. But at the end of the day, it doesn't. It's not going to change anything moving forward with regards to the Michigan State basketball program. Yeah, I think that uh, when you, when you break down like what this ultimately means for Michigan State, and really, really quick, I want to add something to what you said. You talked about him going overseas, you know, getting a, a different basketball education as opposed to, you know, what his dad's been doing because you see guys like Gabe Brown, uh, you know, over the summer working out with Amoni and his dad. When I, I'm in this uh, coaching group on Facebook, a lot of coaches like to bounce ideas off of each other and things of that nature. Well, one of the guys was talking about coaching his kid at the varsity level, and somebody brought up at this point, and I kind of went to Amoni Bates when I saw this is I don't think you should coach your kid past eighth grade. Now, I don't think that that's 100% set in stone, but I think it's a different situation when you are a guy like Amoni Bates. You're the most highly touted kid since LeBron James. Your dad's been coaching you. You have a guy like Jay. I got to interrupt you, Tyler. Sorry. Look, this, that's not what Are you leaving again? No, I'm not leaving again. I had to add it. I'm fired up because I'm around this for the last two years. I've been around this whole thing. Here's the bottom line. The that he played for for Ipsy Lincoln is a great guy. He's an absolute great guy. Very close to the family. I coached against him. He's related to the Bates, I believe. So Imani's been coached up by a guy who was not his dad at Lincoln. And it was a great situation. And then it was an unbelievable story. What happened was, is... Imani got so big, and I get it, and it, and it was becoming a big, great Ipsy story. And then it turned out to be, you're going to get a lot of you know, pushback, and everybody's going to try to come at you. And then they were trying to hurt Imani in games. Bottom line, this guy has been coached by other guys, but here's the problem, Tyler. His dad always gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Like His dad always gets in the way, and this is, this is the ball situation. But the yep. difference between the ball situation and that crappy bait here is – Paul oh, was funny. <laughs> People loved Paul, and it was actually good for his kids because he created a positive environment because he was so funny all the time and saying outlandish stuff. Imani's dad gets in the way, and he says things that become very aggressive, and I don't have a problem with the guy, and I don't really know him personally, but everything that he's been saying is it comes off so aggressive. I mean, they, they played Okamis, Tyler. The kid threw the ball, and it was a cheap shot. Terrible thing the kid did. The ball hits him on the, on the head. His dad ran on the court. Yep. That's not good. You can't do those things. And that's the problem, guys. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah, when you have a talent like Bates, when you are a talent like Bates, and you have your dad coaching, you have a guy like Jaden Nakins on your team, and you're not even going to let him bring the ball up the floor. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I, I think that that says something about it. And so, like, going back to my point, like, you know what, you can coach your kid past that level, but you have to have that you, – you can't, like, show that nepotism to the extent that Happy Bates has shown him only. And you, you you can't do that. Um, let's talk about really, really quick what this hope, means. For, hold on, hold on. Kid, hold on. Let's pray for this kid because I'm just going to say this, guys. I know I'm going all over the place. I'm a, I'm a little fired up about it. But this kid, I really want to see him be successful. I want to see him get to the NBA and be a great player from our state because our state yeah. is actually players 
Anthony's a great player from the state. A lot of players like me and Anthony are, you know, Anthony's higher than me, obviously, but a lot of us play college basketball. We got great kids and we've had star players from the state. So I hope he goes, does well for him. I'm praying for that. But they got to change some things, guys, big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let's talk about uh, these other uh, two spots now. Anthony, I know you've been talking about the transfer portal. Is there a chance maybe you just go out and try to hit up a kid who's not signed yet and, uh, you know, see what you can shake up there in, in, regards, to the, in regards to the incoming class? Yeah, in all honesty, Tyler, I, I was actually talking about that with my father yesterday because, you know, it, it honestly would not surprise me if we're on the phone right now with a few recruits, you know, that, that are looking for a place to go, looking for a place to land. Um, so that's why, you know, what, why part of me thinks you use one of those scholarships for the portal, for a, for a transfer portal guy, and then you go ahead and use the other scholarship or maybe a 2021 uh, recruit or – Maybe there's a 2022 four or five-star kid out there that wants to reclass, and then Michigan State says, hey, here you go. So it it would not shock me at all if we went ahead and used at least one of those scholarships for, um, you know, to bring bring a kid on, you know, for a 2021 guy. It would not surprise me at all. Speaking of uh, reclasses, Amoni Bates was supposed to be one. Enoch Boakye is supposed to be another. Is – is this a problem? I mean, obviously, look, I don't, I'm not one of those, oh my God, the sky is falling type people. <laughs> but is this a problem in regards to, you know, public perception? You know, John Howard just coming out and saying, hey, you know what? Look, Izzo can't handle these five stars. Did, did, did John Howard say that? No, no, but I'm saying, like, you, I know, you, you, you walk into a recruit's home or whatever, you can say, look, man, Izzo can't handle it. You saw Miles Bridges uh, took two years to develop. Um, you saw Enoch Boyake bailed. Amoni Bates bailed. He can't do it. Well, the other thing is, too, is you got to look at Tom's track record, too. I mean, look what he's done with guys like Shannon Brown. I mean, Shannon Brown had a pretty darn good career in the NBA. Look what he yeah. did with Jason Richardson. Jay Rich, Jay Rich was a two-year player. But Jay Rich could have easily he if Jay Rich, in my opinion, could have been an easily a one and done player, could have easily been. But he came back. Yeah. Um, Zach Randolph, Zebo. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So if a guy like Jawan Howard or if a guy like Chris Beard is out on the recruiting trail saying this stuff, then if a recruit's buying into that stuff, then I'm sorry. Then that recruit does not know their doesn't know the history of Tom Izzo. So, but the, and, and I think the one thing Tom gets a lot of respect for is that he, you know, I think Scott Van Pelt said it best on his show two years ago. Tom Izzo doesn't have a one and done problem. He's got a three or four year problem because guys, guys who come to Michigan State, they stay around longer because of the family atmosphere. You know, Miles Bridges stayed, you know, we all know Miles could have left. He could have yeah. easily been one and done easily. He would have been a top five pick that year, probably maybe top 10. But Miles came back because, number one, he wanted to win a national championship. But number two, I mean, the family atmosphere at Michigan State, it's tough to leave that. I mean, Jaron Jackson had a tough time leaving Michigan State because of that, because of the family atmosphere. So, yeah. but again, I mean, Tom's got a great track record. Now, the, you know, the, it, it, in, in, uh, the, the, the kid out of the 2022 class um, who went to Arizona State, I mean – 
the, the fact his excuse was there, there wasn't going to be any room for him. Well, in my opinion, he looks pretty silly now. He looks pretty silly now because he could have easily reclassified and he probably would have been the, st- the starting center next year. So, so yeah. at the same time, I look at that and go, well, if you would have just been patient just a tad longer, you would have been okay. You would have been all right. Yeah, and um, right there with you um, in, in regards to that. But, well, I mean, public perception is public perception. And, I mean, you've seen the heat that Izzo took after the Gay Brown thing, after that. And, you know, I think you're going to start seeing this uh, more and more uh, as Michigan fans are going to be, you know, kind of trying to pump this as far as uh, Izzo's public perception not being able to handle it. There's Don't you throw me in this. Don't you throw me in. <laughs> I hope nothing. I was I just going to say Max Christie's a five-star. People <laughs> are forgetting that. I was, Harris I, was a five-star. <laughs> when you guys started saying Jawan Howard said something about Michigan State, I started sweating bullets because, look, I already know how this goes. Anytime someone No, says Hunter Dickinson said something about Michigan State, and you know what? I'm, I can't say it on He there. did? Yeah, so 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 yesterday, so yesterday, Jay, um, after Amani Base D committed, you know, Hunter Dickinson tweeted out, "Oh, that's too bad. You hate to see it." And I was like, "Well, first of all, yeah, yeah, like I, I, that. That's the one thing I didn't understand was it has nothing to do with you. And second of all, you know, why do you need it? Why do you need to say anything at all? The culture. It is. I mean it." Honestly, like this is me and Tyler talked about this. It's a little, you know, not related, but sort of Anthony is where I do think the one thing you worry about for Michigan State, and I said this to Tyler is, you know, like number one, you don't have to worry about the bait situation. I don't think that will be any problem for Michigan State moving forward. Number two, I think the big thing you got to worry about is if, if Jawan does really hit a home run where I think hitting a home run means three or four years in a row where MB, you, they have more NBA guys than you guys do. That's when it becomes a problem. Right now, you're nowhere near that. So if Hunter Dickinson is a top 10 pick next year, it doesn't hurt Michigan State yet. But if you start getting multiple years of Michigan guys getting picked first and multiple years of better recruiting classes, then you might have a little bit of concern. But I don't see that coming yet. I think Michigan State is is right there with Michigan recruiting. I think the guys they have coming in next year are just as good as Michigan's players. Um, I think they're very even. I think Michigan uh, and Michigan State have some great kids coming in, so I'm excited. I love the basketball rivalry because I'm not a goofball, and I don't say things like <laughs> Hunter did. But, but you know, the thing about this is rivalry still, and we've always had these talks. But, boy, I really hope that basketball stays clean because, man, I get real tired of the statements like Hunter made because I, I just think it's it's uncalled for. And it's such an – that's the article that Michigan 247 always says. Oh, you hate to see it. Well, anytime something happens to Michigan State. And I hate it. I hate it. I you hate it. to see it. You, you, you hate, hate to see, see it. it. Well, you, you, uh, you, could, you could blame Jordan Poole for that because he was the one that said it after the game-winning shot against Houston. But I, I, I will add this. I will add this, Jeremy. And you, you, brought up, you brought up the point about how, you know, if Michigan gets more guys in the league, but here's here's the other thing to think about too, from two thousand from two thousand fifteen until maybe two thousand and seventeen, Michigan had more guys drafted than Michigan State did. 
and the drop off mm-hmm. never happened. No, yeah, I think Michigan State's had some guy. I mean, I think it was even. I think the biggest thing, I guess, I I should have said it this way. That's a great point, though, Anthony. And anything can happen. But I guess I'm saying if if Michigan continues to out recruit, though, while doing that, then there's a it's it basically is saying it's because they're out recruiting them. They're getting better players right now. John Beeline was able to develop those years a little shockingly, you know, well, and we were able to surprise people. But we never had better players coming in, really, as a group. I mean, what was the only recruiting class John Beeline had better was 13, right, guys, with Mitch McGarry and, um, you know, that group. And then you got mm-hmm. Karras transferring and Spike, Stauskas, uh, Glenn Robinson. You know, that group, that was the only time Michigan, until now in the last two years, where we had better recruiting classes. So mm-hmm. I guess the point, like, Tom hasn't really had to consistently have to try to out-recruit Michigan. This is a different animal. I still think Michigan State will always be fine no matter what, though, guys. I just think it's too too powerful of a brand. The, the, the only time I will ever question whether we are in trouble is the day Tom Izzo retires and we bring in a first-year head coach with no experience. That's when I'll panic. That's, yeah. when, I'll, that's when I'll scratch my head, but – until that day comes, like you said, Jeremy, the Michigan State brand, if you think about this, Michigan State basketball is like Michigan football brand-wise. I mean, you can do you can do whatever you want with that brand, but the brand is always going to attract people in many ways because of the history and because of the people who work behind the scenes. Tito's fuming right now with that statement. He, I can sense fire. Don't you dare <laughs> no, compare he, Michigan look, 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 football. He, he, he said that. <laughs> He said the oh, brand, okay, okay. the, the, yeah, brand, we're, the we're brand not... I understand. It's not it, – I mean, it's like Michigan football. It is not that – you know, in Michigan we're... football's case, you're looking at Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. When you're looking at Michigan State, you're looking at Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke, and even North Carolina the, as far as the brands go. But ultimately, look, you win at, you win at Michigan State regardless. And so – that, yeah, we I, suck at football. We're horrible. <laughs> that's what he was referencing, and yeah, so I I get it. I when he when he initially said it, I mean, you know, uh, you know, something went off in my head for half a second. But <laughs> I remembered who I was talking to then, and he kind of <laughs> yeah. Anthony Tyler Tyler hates Michigan. If you didn't know this about <laughs> Tyler, um, he strongly dislikes Michigan. And, and look, me and a- Anthony had a wonderful brand talk about my comparison with football coaches to basketball. And we won't go that route today. But this is, I want to say this because I love when you come on, Anthony, and, you know, uh, Tyler has been ripping me to shreds about my lion talk. So this is a much more positive talk. And uh, the one thing I will say about Michigan State basketball, as much as you don't want them to win if you're a Michigan fan, uh, I would rather send my son to Michigan State for basketball than Michigan, and that would drive a lot of Michigan fans bananas, me saying that. But if I want my son knowing who he is and knowing what I want for him, I would much rather him play for Tom Izzo. And uh, now if he has a chance to play for John Calipari, I'd rather have that. But, you know, the bottom line is – Well, everybody's bank account would rather have that. I would be <laughs> I would be not driving a grand marquee, I'll tell you that. But the, the, the bottom line is – I have a lot of respect for Michigan State basketball, and, and that's why when I say what I'm saying, I'm not celebrating this Imani Bates thing. 
I'm not celebrating when kids leave there. I'm really disappointed about Rocket Watts still. Like, I'm really hurt about that because I really thought I know, I, <laughs> I know you're not. I am. I was singing his praises, Anthony. For I thought it was gonna it was gonna be a home run, and I feel like crap. So I'm disappointed it didn't work. I wish he would have stuck it out and got better. Here we are, though, you know. Yeah, look, there's one thing that this entire Amoni Bates thing has, has like, shown. And that's that Keon Coleman needs to hang up the football pads. <laughs> that's, that's what it's shown me. That's what it's shown me. Get ready. You're going to be able to have some time immediately. You know, there was a was going to happen. You'd have Brooks and Christie at your two. You'd have Brown and uh, Bates as your three. Ultimately, you don't have a deep, you don't have a deep uh, group of wings. Um, maybe you can slide Aikens over to the two guard, but Keon Coleman would have had an opportunity. But behind all of that depth. You know, and the fact that you'd be joining late, you're you're not yeah. going to get that playing time. It took Tran in a while, it, you know, to uh, become a part of this. And uh, Coleman's a baller, by the way, guys. I mean, look. Oh, he is. Lorenzo I mean, Guess. I mean, he because Michigan State was really good at the time in football. Lorenzo Guess, uh, he didn't join the program until like. Later, uh, well, later the, on, and so the, you the ha- other thing, the other thing, Tyler, and I, and I don't mean to cut you off. The other thing, though, is with with those two, Trandon and, and Lorenzo. I mean, and no, and no disrespect to those two, that's like comparing apples to oranges, man. I mean, Why, Ke- they weren't Ke- putting up quadruple doubles in high school. Well, that too, <laughs> but you know, Ke- Ke- Keon Coleman, you know, like like like, like Jeremy just mentioned, this kid is a flat out baller. And, and I don't care what anybody says. Like, I mean, this is a kid who was two was two assists or two steals or whatever short of his first quadruple double of the year. And then the next day he goes, I'm going to put up 40 this, and now I'm going to get 10 assists, 10 steals, and 10 blocks or 10 rebounds, whatever it was. And then the kid, he backed up his talk. He went out and got that in the next game. And we were all like, you don't just do that. And so, but the other thing is too, is that he has a legit chance at being a, an incredible dual sport athlete and something that hasn't been done in college football since Jabril Peppers. You know, yeah. he's, he's got a legit chance to not only have an, an impact for Mel Tucker on the football field, which I think, I think the kid's going to be he'll – be, he'll, he may not be a starter this year, but he's going to come off that bench on football and dominate right away. He's uh, the Louisiana basketball right now, Anthony, is unbelievable. Oh, you know, it's, Cam, it's the the athletes, Tyler. You got to, and I've been watching. Like I was a, a Keon Coleman hater. I'll admit it. I thought, well, the level of play there is bad. I started watching it more. No, Louisiana is fantastic right now for basketball. And that South, you know, I, I got some close friends, and I'm going to do something for you guys. I know Tyler isn't going to believe this, but. It's the truth. Middle Georgia as well. Georgia and Louisiana yep. have some really good basketball players right now. Mm-hmm. And I have been reaching out to guys in Georgia. They have athletes. They have strength athletes. And Keon Coleman is the prototypical Southern kid who can run and jump. And he is so raw still. Like, he hasn't even learned how to play yet, guys. Wait till Tom Izzo grabs him. This kid can play in the NBA, for sure. For sure. 
Mm-hmm. He, he, could, he could be the first ever dual sport athlete in the NBA and the NFL. It, it, it could happen if, if, if that's what he wants to do. Now, if, he, if he's better in one sport than the other, then, yeah, you'll see it. But, I mean, the stats he puts up in both sports is it, – it's not just sickening. It, it, it's, it's insane. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be something special. Um, and one of my biggest concerns is because he'd be joining the basketball program late. You know, I was anticipating Bates coming. You know, I was one of those people who say, I mean, now everybody's got that – you know, hindsight 2020 type deal. Uh, well, you know what? He was too big of a star. I knew it wasn't going to come. Yeah, bull crap. I, I saw your tweets earlier. But <laughs> he's, uh, but I mean, th- this leaves room for Coleman a little bit to make a splash. And so, Anthony, you said something. You said, go get wings. Uh, I think now Michigan State can start looking like strictly in the post, whether it be the four or five in regards to the transfer portal. Yeah, I agree, and I don't. I don't know who's left in the transfer portal, big wise, but I mean, there's got to be a few. And if you, yeah. I, I mean, another name to look out for, and I know a lot of people aren't real big on him, but some people I talk to are, and that's Bryce Thompson. Bryce Thompson, the kid from Kansas, has yet to commit somewhere, and we were in the running for him a couple years ago. So, you know, that could be a guy that we may land somehow. So, but there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of big fish in a small pond in the portal out there. So, uh, again, I, I'm interested to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks and maybe the next month as far as what Michigan State will do. Yeah, um, when we'll break all of that down here on the Trump with the snap. Jeremy, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, number one, man, I always love talking with when it's us three guys. Anthony, you know, you always have great insight about Michigan State. Uh, the, the basketball rivalry, rivalry is always dear to my heart. Um, being a basketball player, and, and I think this state has so much to offer. I think mm-hmm. every kid should realize that when they're getting recruited by both. you got two prime-time programs right now, and that's something that John Beeline and Tom Izzo really did together. And yeah. I miss that a little bit, guys. I really do. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I do love what Juwan's doing, but I have a feeling that Juwan's not going to be here for very long. And yeah. I think John Beeline was, was in it to win it. And I think John Beeline, looking back, knows he made a mistake, guys. Oh, I he know did. He, I, I think he knows, and I think he really cares about Michigan. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You, we better hope and pray that John Beeline and Tom Izzo don't join forces somehow. And oh, if, my. <laughs> you know, because that is basketball mastery, and Michigan would have no shot if, if John Beeline's giving any pointers. So I hope he doesn't. Could, but could I think you, John, could you imagine – could you imagine, Jeremy, if Tom Izzo hired John Beeline as his recruiting analysis? Like, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna throw up. Oh uh, my! <laughs> I, I, John Beeline, I was so critical of him, guys, when he first started. I just thought it was too soft, and boy, did he prove me wrong. And I love being proved wrong if, if Michigan's winning. And uh, John Beeline is unbelievable. I watch his passing drills all the time. The textbook footwork with fundamentals I use in training. So, I, I mean, I just love when we talk about all this. So, Tyler had to deal with both of us today, Anthony. We're just going rambling. We love it. And Tyler's like, hey, I guess I'll let these guys go at it. Tyler, you got to get us on when we talk about this Bo Schembeck versus Tom Izzo talk. I know you're oh, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> look, man. I, look I, I, don't, I don't get that Ed Hockley NFL officiating money. You know I I'm thought saying, Anthony so. was going to suplex me through the phone, and he's much bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I would have paid to see that. I'm not going to lie. You'd enjoy um, it. 
But <laughs> but look, um, Anthony, uh, any last thoughts on your own? I mean, again, I mean, I, I'm excited for the future of Michigan State basketball. I'm excited. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in the next couple, couple of months with them. It's always a fun and joy to be on here with both of you. And in case you guys did not know, the Detroit Lions just got two steals in the fourth round. So I like what they're doing, and I'm excited for Lions football. It's going to take a couple of years before we compete, but I'm, I'm super excited with the way this new regime is heading right now. Hey, you guys are already going at it with this. You guys are already going at it with this full back for Tom Izzo thing. I don't want to get Jeremy on this again because I, <laughs> me and him were going at it the other day. I, I, I have not seen what the Lions have done in the fourth round. I like what they've done one through three. That being said, my final thoughts on this look, I just want to know who's going to take the last shot for Michigan State. Max Christie. Um, Eon <laughs> Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want to know who's taking the last shot from Michigan State. I think ultimately that's my biggest concern. Uh, we'll keep everybody updated, though, in regards to what Michigan State does throughout the rest of this offseason. A lot of uh, shaking and movement. Obviously, Michigan may have a little bit, too, with Wagner. Uh, obviously got a little bit uh, – help today at the point guard position with the transfer from Coastal Carolina and we'll uh, I think we uh, have an opportunity to break that down a little more in depth as well as we kind of move forward with this but Moni Bates obviously stole the show which I'm sure that Ego uh, wouldn't love it any other way um, I thought it would be really good to have you guys come on and talk about this because look I, I've got a big problem with the players who commit and then they're just like yeah you know what screw this like Jalen Terry did and now he's out at Oregon mm-hmm. I think it's a situation similar to that both of you guys you did transfer you know Jeremy you ended up uh, getting more playing time at Olivet than Western Michigan Anthony you wanted an opportunity to play division one ball and I think it uh, gave your dad an opportunity to see more of your games at Michigan State while he was uh, working in the offices there. And so you guys offer, you know, a little bit more of that type of a perspective in regards to this. And well, you, 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 get, you, get, you guys had reasons for doing it, but I think if you're going to sit there and you're going to reopen your recruitment like Amoni Bates, I think that uh, – I, I think that that's I think that that's a character issue. We already know that he has a little bit of an ego with how he, you know, looks at other players on the floor and how he addresses them. Uh, his dad running out on the floor, you know, you with uh, Amoni not coming to Michigan State, you avoid that uh, big Bates brand <laughs> that would be, uh, you know, showing up in East Lansing. So. Those are my yeah. final thoughts, but uh, that does it for us on the Trouble with the Stamp podcast. Like I said, we'll talk about all the shaking and moving going on, and we're going to turn our attention to Detroit Lions football today to say close out what's been the best draft. Yeah, yeah Jeremy, I said it. The best draft in years for this team. My God. MCDC is in charge now. I like where he's going. But that does it for us today. Thank you again for Anthony Ayani. Thank you to Jeremy File, the Centered Podcast, Trouble with Snap Podcast. Like, share, follow, do all of that. You can find both of us on Apple Podcasts. I know Ayani's already big time in us on YouTube. So, <laughs> so you can check us all out there. <laughs> but thanks again. This was Trouble with Snap.